Arizona, Arizona Sports, Sports, the local the sports, local leader. sports leader. leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. These are your top stories of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. We run through them every day at 4 o'clock. We call it the 4 o'clock reset, and we start Gambo with a new home for Cardinals running back Eno Benjamin. He did not clear waivers. He was, in fact, claimed by the Houston Texans, who had the first right to claim him because they have the worst record in the NFL. So Eno is now a member of Houston. That coming down just about an hour and a half ago or so. Yeah. I mean, to add add running back depth for sure because they really needed it. So they, they claim him because they've had, obviously, some issues outside of their top running back. They've had no success. Their backup running back, Rex, Burks, Rex Burkhardt, doesn't even have 100 yards on the season in nine games. So they need help there. They don't have a true number two back, so it makes sense that they would go to uh, to get Eno Benjamin when it's not going to cost you anything. Yeah, Howard Balzer is also reporting that the Seahawks and the Chiefs had also put in claims on Eno Benjamin. And while we're talking about reports, I should pass along to everybody that Ken Summers from AZ Central had reported, and I quote, Benjamin didn't hide his displeasure at his diminished role from this past weekend, per sources, that included getting into a confrontation with an assistant coach after the game, close quote. Ken had that report this morning. Yeah, and that report is accurate. I know Drew Rosenhaus denies it, the agent, but um, no, that that report is accurate. That 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 did that did happen. So Kent is right there, and that's one of the things that absolutely led to them deciding that they had they had no choice but to let Eno go. Now, whether we see this in Hard Knocks tomorrow night, whether we see it next week, well, in that's hard a knocks, million dollar question, right? Huh? Like how, like if there's if there's if that happened. Did the cameras capture it? Do the Cardinals let it get through? Do we get to see it? I, I don't know. But that becomes the question, right? If that report is accurate, and you're saying it is, and I trust Kent on this one, man, do we get to watch that on Hard Knocks this Wednesday <laughs> or next Wednesday, or do we not get to watch that on Hard Knocks? Because I would like to see what happened in that I one. I mean, it's just cutting a player. I mean, that's, you know, that's now if we, see, if we see what went on, right. absolutely. That's what Hard Knocks is supposed to be about. Right, that's right. The, kind of the whole genesis of the idea. So we'll see. Uh, additionally, the team re-signed defensive lineman Michael Dogby to the practice squad. They released an offensive lineman and a linebacker as well. We also today heard from Buda Baker on the NFL Network on how he ended up playing Sunday when we thought his season was done. When they told me that, got the MRI in, they told me, and for me, you know, I'm a big take it one day at a time person. So, you know, I know they told me that, but at the end of the day I was going to work you know my butt off to try to get back onto that field as soon as possible and uh, you know kudos to the to the Arizona Cardinals training staff and um, you know just the tremendous hours of work I put in to get that ankle right good enough to play and uh, you know I told them I was going to play and of course there was some you know I don't know yet but I said you know I'm going to warm up early and then we'll, we'll, we'll take it at, at that. He's such a badass. My God. <laughs> I'm telling you I said I've said it to you, my favorite Cardinal player ever. I know. This kid is amazing. That's my favorite player that's ever played tonight for the Arizona Cardinals. I know. I know. Cardinals will uh, be back on the practice field later this week, getting ready for their Monday night game against San Francisco. We just talked about this a couple of
of segments ago. ESPN's Jay Williams on Wolf and Luke earlier today came in coming in hot on the LeBron James question. Is there like a way to get LeBron James to the Suns? Wait a minute. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about that right now. Can't happen this year, Can't Cambo. Happen. I but, know. But a lot of talk about whether the Suns could, should, will be interested in LeBron and whether LeBron would want to come here once he's eligible to be traded. Yeah, I mean, you, you're going to have to hold off on doing some things this year to make sure that you're in a position to get LeBron next year. It's like, it's, it's like... You damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like it's a hard thing. Like I get it. I'd love to have him for next year. For one year, I'd love to have him because I do think that that could deliver the championship that, like you know, that Shaq couldn't when he came here for that year, year and a half. Um, but I just, man, you would have to bypass making some moves this year that can help this year's team. Suns lose to the Heat last night, one thirteen, one twelve. Finished the road trip one and three. The most noteworthy number from that game: four free throw attempts for the Suns, twenty five free throw attempts for the Miami Heat. Maybe just as noteworthy. Suns had a 13-point lead with about eight minutes to go in that game, and the Miami Heat cranked up the defensive intensity, and the Suns wilted under that pressure last night. They did. I mean, they played you know very poorly at the end of that game with a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. Shots were blocked. They had a 24-second shot clock violation on the Suns. They just they just not did not play very well. They were sloppy. They committed some fouls that put the, put the Heat on a free throw line, especially Bam out of bio, so just not a good way to end the game. They did not play well in the final eight minutes of that basketball game. Uh, ASU has hired an outside consulting firm to search for their next head football coach. They also confirmed that interim head coach Sean Aguano is a candidate for the job in a statement the university released yesterday. ASU's defensive coordinator Donnie Henderson yesterday voicing his support for Sean Aguano to keep the gig. You got a local guy that knows the people in the Valley, that knows all high school coaches in the Valley that wants the job and maybe I'm speaking for him but you got the perfect candidate. Sean has done a great job taking over this program and leading it in the direction we are in. I wonder if he'll get a shot at it, Cambo. He deserves to get... He, 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 listen, at this point, I think you gotta just... You have to just... You know, you don't want to do the Earl Watson thing like you've said many a times. Find out what's available. Find out if anybody wants this job that's a better candidate than Sean Aguano. Sean Aguano is a good candidate. I like him. I think he should get consideration, but I don't want to hire him without have done a, without doing a full search to see what's available for me. Yep, and hiring an outside consulting firm is an interesting move because there was some conversation about how much of a say Ray Anderson will have in all this. Now, obviously, he will still have a say, of course. He's the athletic director, but hiring an outside consulting firm to help kind of takes that margin for error away when you talk about hiring a buddy like they did last time with Herm Edwards, so we'll see where that goes. A lot of NFL news today. We're going to start with Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. He is going to have ankle surgery with that high ankle sprain that he suffered in the loss to the Cardinals on Sunday. He's going to miss at least four games on injured reserve. Sean McVay, though, would not rule the receiver out for the rest of the season. I Yes, but I think what's going to happen is that they're going to, they're going to by the time he's eligible to come back, they're going to be dead man walking. And they may be already. 
So ankle surgery out at least four weeks. I mean, just start to do the math. By four weeks from now, we're talking mid-December. The Rams aren't going 4-0. and At that point, you've got to figure out whether it's worth it to bring him back right now. Now, he led the NFL in catches, receiving yards, receiving touchdown last season. And this year, he leads the Rams. He's like the best thing that they have. 75 catches for 812 yards. But I think you got to start thinking long-term if you're the Rams, not short-term. Saints head coach Dennis Allen says the struggling New Orleans team, they are mulling a quarterback change. Jameis Winston, a candidate to start against the Rams. But a decision hasn't been made yet. Yeah, it's... Man, I... I that was a terrible game. I can't believe that they lost to the Steelers in that game. I was really surprised. But the one thing that's pretty obvious is that they are not getting good quarterback play. That is holding them down quite a bit. they got talented guys on that offense, but they've been held back by poor quarterback play. Yep, and then Major League Baseball offseason update. The rookies of the year were announced. Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners wins it in the American League. Uh, Michael Harris, the second edges teammate, Spencer Strider for the Braves for National League Rookie of the Year. A lot of players today rejecting qualifying offers, Gambo, which makes them free agents, as expected. Aaron Judge, Trey Turner, Jacob DeGrom, Dan B. Swanson, etc., etc. There was a new contract handed out today. Anthony Rizzo, back with your New York Yankees. Two years, $34 million. That includes a $17 million team option for 2025. You know, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he... he, he it, it, with that stadium and the short porch in right field, he hit 32 home runs, right? He had 32 homers there. So he's a good teammate. He still plays a terrific first base. And, you know, if you're a left-handed power hitter, you, you can really thrive in that stadium. So it does make sense. They don't have a young guy waiting in the wings to take his place. So you get him locked up for two years. He's And, again, he's still going to be a nice bat for you in the middle of that lineup. Yep. And then one other note from the Suns. This just came down a moment ago. Chris Paul is once again being listed as questionable for the Suns against the Warriors tomorrow. Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder have been ruled out for that game. That is our 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back, the Phoenix Suns are still seen as contenders. There certainly is an area of play that they are showing a true weakness at, and we'll tell you what it is next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Devin Booker, after the game last night, that was courtesy Dwayne Rankin from AZ Central on the free throw difference between the Suns and the Miami Heat. I have no comment on the situation, says Devin Booker. The Suns had four. The Miami Heat had 25 free throw attempts. So we've got a poll question about it right now. Is that the refs? Is that the Suns? And obviously, Gambo with like a lot of stuff like this, the answer is probably a little bit of both. The Suns probably should have gotten more calls last night. But there's also a style of play, and there's one player in particular with his style of play that this doesn't lend itself to getting a lot of calls. And, of course, we're talking about DeAndre Ayton, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, it's a, you know, you sit there and you say, why is there a big discrepancy? Well, who's going to the line for Miami at the end of the game was Bam Adebayo. Why aggressive around the basket? You know, fighting hard for rebounds, getting fouled. The A actually fouled him a couple of times, I think, and put him to the basket. So, you know, the, that aggressiveness is going to get you to the free throw line. 
And that got Bam out of bio to the free throw line. If you go back and look at that game, and you know, me and you watch it very closely, and that's you know, that's one of the things that really stood out to me is okay, the Suns did not play well down the stretch. Granted, they did not play well, but you know. Bam had a three-point play. Bam had two free throws. He had another two free throws. Like, you know, the Suns weren't even in the bonus. And that sucks because when Booker got fouled at the end of the game, you know, could have went to the line. But, you know, they fouled him and they're not in the bonus. And then, you know, Payne misses the shot. DA gets the rebound. And Mikhail passes up an open shot, gives it to Book. He gets blocked by Jimmy Butler, gets it back, throws up a desperation shot. It's not that close. And they lose the game. Yeah, and and if they were in the bonus, then maybe it's a different deal. If they were able to get to the line a little bit more, it's maybe a different. I mean, look, there's a lot of we can sit here and point to a lot of different things about that game last night. I mean, for me, still, when it's all said and done, a couple things happened. Number one, Suns had a 13 point lead with about eight minutes to go, and Miami just really cranked up the defensive intensity, and the Suns couldn't quite match it. Number two, it was just it was too much of the Devin Booker show last night in the fourth quarter, and that's not a knock on him. He was doing everything he could out there. He just didn't have any help. You know, he, he just didn't have anybody, especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Troy Craig hit a couple shots, and Damian Lee, who had a really nice game last night, hit a couple of shots. But the, the two main guys that in this time right now, the Suns need to be better are Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton. Combined, those two guys went 0 for 2 from the floor in the fourth quarter. That can't happen, right? That, that, that can't be no. how the Suns are going to win these games without Chris Paul and Cam Johnson when those two guys are missing an action like that in the fourth quarter. It just can't happen like that. Yeah. I mean, I just, ha- I got Bam out of bio for six free throws made in the fourth quarter. Like, I, that sounds now, those right. Are like, Six free throws made. Like, but that's because that, you know, first of all, you get to the free throw line. It gives everybody a little bit of a rest. Guys that are playing a lot, fourth quarter, you get, you get, you get the chance to settle your defense. You get the chance to set your defense after a free throw. You get a chance, you know, substitutions, setting your defense, giving your guys a break, and then easy points. That's six easy points right there by Bam out of bio. And that's the thing is, like, you've got to find a way to get to the free throw line. But I don't think any of their centers. I mean, the guy that's the most aggressive is probably Landale. Um, but I don't know that he would get the same calls as a Bam out of bio. But, you know, you know, Biz is tough and he blocks shots. And DeAndre, it's just like everybody wants to look at the free throw disparity. Oh, what's wrong? Well, DeAndre Eaton's not, not that's not the type of player he is. No. Doesn't mean he's a good, like, he had eight offensive rebounds yesterday, right? Yes. So he had good positioning yesterday. But, you know, how many times did he get to the free throw line? Because he could have got to the free throw line a heck of a lot more than he did. None. I don't think he took one free throw. Right. How do you have eight offensive rebounds and don't go to the free throw line? That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you grab an offensive rebound? Like, most of those rebounds are pretty close to the basket. Why, you know, take the take the ball, go in strong, get get create contact, yes. and put that, the ball up. That's the word, or that's the two words: create create contact. contact right? Yeah. Like go you're going to get an ninety five percent of the time. You grab an offensive rebound, you make one move to the basket, you're getting fouled. Yeah, they're going to call it on the defensive player because you got the rebound. They're not going to call you for a charge. It's it's just that they're not going to be able to set their feet quick enough. Grab the rebound. 
Go towards the basket, create contact, throw the ball up in the air. If it goes in, it does. And if it doesn't, you get two free throws. It's funny. All the conversations we've ever had about DeAndre Ayton all these years. And, and, and how many times have we heard from fans who said, man, I just wish he would, I wish he would dunk the basketball instead of putting it back in so softly. I, I'm, I'm so over that. I don't even really think about that anymore with Ayton. Honestly, I, I, I almost look at DeAndre Ayton when he's having a good night. Okay. There are two things that are happening and it's not, Points and it's not rebounds per se. If DeAndre Ayton's having a good night, it's because he's active on the offensive glass. That shows me he's engaged. And it's because he took a decent amount of free throws. Because that shows me that he's initiating contact. And it's that second number especially. It's it's a number that, it, it, for me, it's kind of always defined him as a player. He, he, he never goes to the line. He never attempts free throws. He, I, I'm, I'm looking at his career numbers. God, this is this is crazy where we're talking about a player that's seven feet tall and physically built the way he is. He, for his career, averages two and a half free throw attempts per game. That's just not good enough. That's not you know, even he, close to good enough for yeah. a guy like that. Look, here's the thing. This is, man, we're it's so tough because we have a player that's talented. You don't want to lose him. Me and you both wanted the, Kyler, the Cardinals to resign Kyler Murray, correct? Yes. We both wanted the Suns to keep DeAndre Ayton, correct? Yes. Yeah, I know. You know. You know where I'm going. Yes, with this, I do. Right? Yeah, I, I go. Go there. Go there. Like it's it's. You know where where the commitment on these gigantic contracts should truly only be for great players. And we may we may be giving too many big contracts to players that just aren't great. But there's a there's a fine line you walk because you know do you want to lose them? Like would the Suns have been better off if they had just let DeAndre Ayton walk or just did a sign and trade with Indiana and got something back? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Like, uh, would they have been better if they just took back Miles Turner and maybe got a couple of draft picks for the future? And or are they better with DeAndre Ayton? Well, what we're seeing out of DeAndre this year, and I'm a like I'm a fan. I like the kid. I think, but I think there's a point, you know, with Murray. We talked about this with Kyler Murray yesterday. Like, oh, Colt McCoy, right? Kyler Murray has twice as many starts as Ky- as Colt McCoy in his career. Sure. Yeah, twice as many. Yep. Now Colt McCoy's been in the league for a longer amount of time. But which guy in their career has lined up under center and started a game more, Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray, not even and close. And it's not close. Not even close. It's not nope. close. Like it's not even close. DeAndre Eden's been in this league for five years now. You're on a max contract. Like, like, you know, I mean, there's so many guys out there that have max contracts and they're not max players. Look, we can say this. DeAndre Eaton's not a max player. He's not a max, but you don't want to lose him. Right. You don't want to lose him. No, you don't want to lose him. And you assume, and this is where I thought you were going, you assume that when you give money like that to a Kyler Murray or to a DeAndre Ayton, that, that they're going to get better and improve and go forward and advance their games. There's been regression to both of their games, right? I mean, you can it's just plain as day to the point where you'd even asked us in, in an email thread we had here on the show over the weekend, who's regressed more? so far this season, Kyler Murray or DeAndre Eaton. That's, that's a great poll question. That's not a conversation anybody wants to have when you've shelled out what? $400 million. Yeah, four, we're talking about $400 million when you add it up for two guys and we're having a conversation about which one's regressed the yeah. most. I mean, no well, we just, we, you know, listen, I mean, there's only few players in this league that, we had James Jones on, we talked about that, there's only a few players in this league that are true superstars. But the problem is that 
So many players want, like the Mikhail Bridges deal was a great deal. It's, not a, it's a great deal. It's a good contract for the Suns. It's a good contract for Mikhail Bridges. But everybody, like the Suns tried to resign Cam Johnson. He thinks he's worth more. Everybody thinks they're worth more. And then you get to the point where you're like, Man, I don't want them to lose DeAndre Ayton for nothing, so sign him. Yeah. So I'd rather sign him than lose him for nothing. Oh, I don't want them to lose Kyler Murray and have him go be a franchise quarterback somewhere else, so you better sign right. him and hedge your bet right. just to be sure. You're doing but, it but what if, what if he? What if he? What if he truly is never going to be a franchise quarterback? What yeah. if he's really going to be here for seven years and be average? Nothing sucks more than having to sign players to those contracts out of fear. Fear that they're going to leave. Fear that you're going to get nothing for them. Fear that you're not going to get right. equal value for them. You, you want to sign them because you want to reward greatness and Devin you know Booker. they're going to continue to be great. A la Devin Booker. That's exactly where right. I was going. You don't even think about it. You yeah. don't hesitate. You don't think about it. Nobody's questioning whether that's a that's a fair contract or not. You pay him as much. If you could have paid him $100 million more, you would have. And you don't think, you don't bat an eye. Yeah. But when you sign a DeAndre Ayton for $30 million a year and you, you know, you're like, man, I mean, he's not Embiid and he's not Jokic. And he's not really close. No. And we like him, but man, he's just, you know, you pay. I mean, look, let's be honest. You're paying him about 10 to $12 million more than you should be. He should be a $15 million player in this league. That's what he should be. He should be a $15 million player, and he's getting paid $30 million a year the way he's playing right now. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, what exactly is the position the Cardinals are in right now? Fringe contenders? Pretenders? Where are they going into this huge game against San Francisco? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Yes, it is. <laughs> you can you can confirm my calendar for me. Thank you. It's a Tuesday. That. Gambo confirming today is Tuesday. Not fruit Tuesday. No, it's not fruit Tuesday. No, it's just Tuesday. We don't do that anymore. Although some fruit sounds good right now. Uh, let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Let's go back to Ruby, 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 Ruby. It's a Ruby Tuesday here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. What you got for us today, Rubes? Uh, well, the Suns became the first team since May of 2021 to take four or fewer free throws in a full game. That coming in their loss to Miami last night. So the question is, are their problems getting to the line more about the refs or the personnel on the court? The personnel. Personnel. I'm never a blame the refs guy. I, I just think that that's the easiest, cheapest way to talk about a game, right? I, I just I think it's just too convenient. Ah, the refs. Uh, I, I, I don't like it. It's personnel. Services. Survey says this one's gotten a little bit closer in the last couple of hours, but still leading the way is refs at 58.9%, personnel at 41.1%. So you guys think it's more on the personnel, but is there any blame for the refs? Is there any pattern you oh, guys are seeing? I, I mean, I, I mean, a pattern, I, I, I don't know about that. I mean, certainly I think when one team shoots 25 and the other team shoots four, you can say that that whistle kind of has to work both ways a little bit more. I'm not going to sit here and say the refs have no role in it, but Bam Adebayo was aggressively attacking the paint last night, and DeAndre Ayton was not, at least not offensive. He was going after offensive rebounds big time in the third quarter. It was great at that. It was so exciting to see. But in terms of his his shot selection, that's just that, you know, we're still kind of waiting on that part of his game, and we didn't see a whole lot of that last night. Might be night. waiting a long time. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> I mean, like, if, you, if, if, that's, if that's not who, if he's a laid back uh, bohemian guy and like you want him to be this overly aggressive like if that's not him that's not him like 
I just don't know that there's going to be this this change that happens and all of a sudden overnight he transforms into this aggressive, you know, beast of a player. That's just just not his not his makeup. No, it doesn't it doesn't seem to be and you're right. I I don't know if that's if he's going to get that back or not. All right, so a week from right now we're going to be talking about either a cardinal season that has been extended another week and, and has its first real significant great win of the season attached to it or we're going to be talking about a cardinal season that is one step closer to being officially done that that is how precarious things are right now for the cardinals and frankly this is the situation they put themselves in with how they started the season they won the LA Rams they they won the LA Rams game I should say that was basically an elimination game for them and they have another and Gambo you look around the league as people start to kind of take a peek at the schedule a little bit and teams that are truly on the fringe the Cardinals are absolutely one of these fringe teams going into a game this weekend where it's it's an elimination game for them on Monday yeah, because the it's you know the the whole pretenders or contenders thing. You know what are you? Are you a pretender? Or are you a, are you a contender? If if you have back to back wins over the Rams and the Forty ers even though you lost to Seattle, you're going to be a lot more in that contender group. What do we say yesterday? We're watching the TV, and at the bottom of the screen, they screen at four teams, like, still have a chance to make the playoffs. You're yeah. like, that's what you were fighting for. You were fighting to be on that little block in the bottom of the screen. <laughs> hey, we made it. Like, hey, look at him. You were, we're lost. That we're game. on the graphic. Yeah. yeah. We made the in-the-hunt graphic on NFL Network. Woo! Yeah. Now, in, in this piece that I was looking at today on Bleacher Report, they, they said, NFL playoff teams with the most on the line in week 11. And the Cardinals were mentioned as the number two team with the most on the line. They also point out the 49ers have been excellent against the NFC West this year, regardless of where they play. Um, perfect 3-0 and with a margin of victory of over 17 points in those contests. So the 49ers have been really good at beating the teams that they've, they've beaten. Um, what, they've got uh, two over... See, uh, there was it. They've got three wins. They've got one over. They got one over Seattle. One over the Rams, and then one over. Well, I haven't played the Cardinals yet, so it's two. It's either two, two over the Rams. Yeah, maybe two over the Rams. Yeah, they've played two the Rams. Over the Rams. Twice. Yeah, they've played the Rams twice. Yeah. So the team that they say number one is the Falcons. They say you know if you expected the Falcons to be in a playoff hunt this late in the season, and they traded Matt Ryan, haven't been winning a lot. They're four and six, but the race is wide open in the South. The Bucks only have five wins, so this is a huge win for them. For the Cardinals. It's like every game is a must win. You've got to find a way to just hold the line, keep yourself relevant, keep yourself in that bottom tier yeah. of, of teams as long as you can. You know what? I'd, I'd say I don't work for Bleacher Report, and neither do you. If I were writing this piece, I would have had the Cardinals ahead of the Falcons just because the Falcons play in the NFC South. I, I think I think even more room for them, yeah. Yeah, we'll, even we'll a loss forever. by Atlanta. They've got a little bit of margin for error because they're the team they're chasing is 5-5 five and five and on the bye this week. Tampa Bay doesn't play. I mean, it's it's a very real possibility that an eight-win team is going to win that division. You could even make an argument that a seven-win team is going to win the NFC South with how bad things have been there. I I think the Cardinals are number one on the list because they don't have they don't have the luxury yeah. of a division race that's really really bad to kind of fall back on. Right? They great. They, 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 Seattle's not only is Seattle ahead of them by a few games, but they also have the tiebreaker because they beat them twice. Yeah. yeah. Now, 
Now, Green, Green Bay was listed as third, but this could be it for Green Bay. They play the Titans. The Titans have been really good lately. They've won six out of their last seven games. Now, they don't score a lot of points. They've, they've failed to get past 20 in any of their last four matchups. So it might be a close game. Tennessee has been winning a lot of these close games. But that you look at the Packers at four and six. Okay, you fall to four and seven. That's eleven games. There's six left. You got to go five and one. Yeah, you got to go five and one. So that is a must-win game for Green Bay. The Colts. We don't really talk a lot about the AFC. The Patriots are also listed in there. So both of those teams have must-win games. But the but the teams they say with the most on the line. Atlanta won. Arizona 2, Green Bay 3. Arizona's in the same boat kind of as Green Bay in that you're not catching the division leader in Minnesota. And by the way, I should say this. I don't know if I had a chance to mention this yesterday. If at any point in time going into the Minnesota game, I said or insinuated in any way that the Minnesota Vikings were not real, my sincere apologies. They're as real as real gets. You don't, you don't go to Buffalo and win a game like that. I know it was a fluky, weird, crazy game. The Minnesota's real. And if I said otherwise that was me being a bad talk show host because they're they're legit that team is good but the problem the Cardinals are in and you said it about the Falcons a second ago and it applies to the Cardinals as well you lose to the 49ers you're four and seven you're one and four in the division with one more game against the Niners coming up and in order for you to make in order for you to get to nine wins you got to go five and one. In order for you to get to ten, you've got to win out. Not happening. Not happening. Right. Neither way. And I don't even know if nine's enough to get in. It's it might be fringe to get in in the wild card. Even then, you'd have to go five and one. This is just like it was versus the Rams. This is an elimination game. Lose this one. I mean, not for the Niners, but it is for the Cardinals. Lose this game, and while mathematically it might be possible for you to make the playoffs, you're not making the playoffs if you have to go six and zero or five and one to get there. You're not going to do that if you're the Cardinals. Can't get there. Can't. No one publication um, that I was looking at today oh, was just NFL.com. And they said, 11, week 11, the NFC contenders, pretenders, and then plus Josh Allen's turnover problems. They put the Cardinals in the pretender category. Say, look, they're within striking distance of wild card, but it's hard to be hopeful about this squad while Murray nurses a hamstring injury. Um, this is also this also isn't the time of year when it's wise to jump on the bandwagon because, as they've learned with Cliff Kingsbury since he took over, they, they tend to become rest, less reliable as the weather turns colder. That was something that was a big topic of conversation before the season started. Cliff Kingsbury's struggles at the end of season. Yeah. Well, here we are. Middle of November. This is about the time where it kind of starts. You know, right about now. They played um, 10 games so far. What were they after 10 games last year? They were, after 10 games, they were 7-2, and two, I think. Were they 7-2? and two? No, well, after 10 games, they were 8-2, and two, I think. I, I can't yeah. remember. I'd have to look. I don't know. Well, it was right about, yeah, because they started 7-0, and oh, right? Yes, they started 7-0. Yeah, so it's right about now, but they start to really, mid-November, they start to struggle. So a lot of people have pointed at, hey, don't be, you know, don't forget that the Cardinals really struggle when they play in the last six, seven weeks of the season. So that's not been something they've been good at under Cliff Kingsbury. When we come back, he's going to be on the broadcast tomorrow night for Suns Warriors. He's going to be in our building, and we just had him on a week ago. We wanted to get the thoughts of George Sedano. He's going to join us next from ESPN here on the Burns and Gambo Show. 
afternoons, 2 till 6, on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So we just had our next guest on last week on the phone. He joined us live from Los Angeles to kind of give us a preview of the Rams game. And he said, hey, look, next week I'm actually going to be in your building, in your studio, hosting my radio show because then I'm going to do the sidelines for ESPN NBA coverage when the Suns play the Warriors. Did you bring lunch? George Sedano, did you bring lunch? I didn't, but I scarfed down some tacos on my drive from the airport here. That's all I was able to do. Well, Gambo, you're working from home today anyway, so even if he had, I just would have eaten yours, right? Showing up empty-handed. Unbelievable. I mean, next time I'll bring some wine. You guys wine guys? Oh, totally. Sure. I was going to say, because you know, I'm on the road with Pasha Ton, and he and I always talk about wine. Bring it. So, all right, next time that's what's happening. So, uh, George Sedano's joining us here on the Burns and Gamble Show. ESPN LA, Sedano and Cap, ESPN NBA sideline reporter, and Gambo, this is this is wide open. Uh, George was telling us, telling me a minute ago, you want to talk to him about the Rams? Great. You want to go the Suns and LeBron? Do it. You want to talk to him about God. USC and the D- Pac-12? Dealer's, cho- dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. What do you Where do you want to go, <laughs> Gambo? God, you know, you I want to talk about USC and how I think it's a Let's joke it. that they're they're in concern. I'll, I'll take one minute on USC, then I'll go to LeBron. They didn't play. They played like Fresno State yeah, and Rice. Why are they being considered for a playoff spot? Their non-conference schedule is a joke. Because they're USC and they hired Lincoln Riley. That's that's the reason. If they, I mean, listen. The best wins Oregon State. I know. I'm telling you. I don't think that they... I mean, granted, if they win out, maybe they'll now have multiple teams in the top 20 in theory. But I'm with you. Like, I don't think they have the greatest resume. I think that the, the committee is going to be up the creek, potentially, uh, if they have to choose in a number of different options, right? Like a one-loss SEC team or TCU or USC, they're going to be in a huge pickle regardless, uh, I think, because as we all know, whoever gets five is going to complain oh. until there's no end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah especially if it's a Pac-12 school. Right. I mean, but Oregon the blew their deserve it, though. Let's be honest here. The you, Pac-12 I mean, doesn't deserve it right UCLA now. UCLA lost to Arizona. I was watching that. Arizona. So I did a college game on Saturday. I was flying back to LA because I did the Rams game on Sunday, and I'm watching this on my iPad, I'm like, what is happening here? Like, how? <laughs> no, it was they're like nuts. three touchdown favorites. They just yeah. they can never just like enjoy nope. prosperity. Uh, UCLA at football. Uh, what what NBA team do you cover the most? Oh man, I do them all. Like on for the network. Um, who do you I, say? Who would you say you covered them? Who that you that you follow the most? Well, the Lakers because I'm in LA, okay. right? Like right, Lakers, so, Clippers so, mostly. All right, so let's go here. Who would put more fear into the Clippers and the Warriors if they were on this team? LeBron James or Kevin Durant? You're saying the Suns? Yeah. Yeah. Who would put more fear into the Clippers and the Warriors if the Suns got Durant or if the Suns next year ended up with LeBron? That's a great question. Um, I would say... That's I, what we do here at this radio slight, station. We bring great questions. Slight lean to the Kevin Durant just because... Okay. Oh, um, man. I, I just think that, first of all, if... If they're going against the Warriors, he's going to want to win that in a big, big, big way. Not that LeBron doesn't have plenty of issues uh, against the Warriors historically, but at least he has the one, right? Yeah. Whereas Durant, there's all this talk about, oh, how could you have left Steph Curry? Look what happened now. Now you're with Kyrie, and look at all the stuff that's transpiring in Brooklyn. So I think there's part of him, whether he'd admit it or not, that would love to beat the Golden State Warriors. So I think that that youth is a little bit more on his age. Not that he's a spring chicken anymore, but I would slightly lean to Durant. 
Durant. That's what I would take there. All right, uh, George Sedano joining us here in studio. I'll go ahead and run with the LeBron question now. I'm not sure why today became the day to talk about this, but right. all of a sudden people are, whether it's Jay Williams on with our midday show, whether it's Rick Buecher, some Western Conference scout telling him, hey, the Suns would be perfect for LeBron. Do you think the Lakers will blow this up at the end of the season? You can't trade LeBron now. He's un- no, You're not allowed right. to trade him yeah, now. because of the extension. Is there a blow-up coming with the Lakers? And theoretically, could the Suns be the landing spot if that happens? So I would have told you this offseason, considering I didn't think they were going to be good this year, I would have said, nah, no chance. Like, they're not going to blow it up. I mean, they'll trade Russell. They'll figure it out, whatever. But they're not blowing this thing up. Now I'm not there. I would say that there's at least a chance that they reconsider this situation depending on how bad it really gets. If they're the 14th seed or the 13th seed coming into the next offseason with another year of LeBron going on 38, going on 39 the following season, and Anthony Davis, let's say he gets dinged up again, or he just doesn't fulfill his potential, I think that they would at least take a look at what the landscape is. Now, granted, with LeBron James, you have to tread very lightly there. It would have to be almost like his idea in in, in a certain way, right? <laughs> what was that movie with Inception. Leo DiCaprio? Inception. Inception. Yeah. You'd have to enter LeBron's yeah. dream and yeah. make him think it was yeah. his idea that yeah. he wanted to be traded to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, because here's the thing. The extension he signed is a one-and-one, one, okay? So it, it really is just a one-year deal. So that kind of complicates things, too, potentially. Well, I guess it depends on who the other team is, whether it's Phoenix or not. Do they only want him for a one-year rental? What does that get you if you're the Lakers in theory? Because he can opt out after that one year. So it it's not as easy and cut and dry as I think people would think even next offseason. But I don't rule out them making wholesale changes at all uh, at this point. Whereas just even a month and a half ago, I would have said you're nuts. Gambo, we got time for one more. What you got? I... I I guess we'll go Cardinals Rams yeah. with 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 Cup out now for the season. That terrible performance they had in in watching the Cardinals. Is there any belief in your mind that they're a better team with Colt McCoy at quarterback than Kyler Murray right now? So, I'll tell you this. They play more within the structure of the offense, it seems like, and more in control in regards to how they want to ex- execute things. Uh, with Kyler's improvisational skills, which are a blessing and sometimes a curse, right? Mm-hmm. But I think more of a blessing. I think that that kind of maybe doesn't put them on schedule the way they would like on offense on a given drive or even in a, give, in a given quarter or, or half or even a game. So I, I think that if I'm Kyler, I'm I, and I don't know him at all, so I don't know what his personality is in regards to this stuff, I would be observing the offense and saying, hmm, there were things they did better than when I was in there, and be a little self-reflective. I just don't know if that's in his personality. Yeah, that's kind of that's a great point, and one that we're all kind of wondering about, too. We'd love to talk more with you. You've got a radio show to yeah, go to. Yeah, I do. I do have a radio show <laughs> to do. Like two minutes. But <laughs> I, will, I will be back plenty. I'm actually back in December. I think I'm back, I'm back in January here, okay. so we'll We'll, uh, I'll, I'll come by again. We'll hang out. Now bring wine, but only gamble if you actually are in the studio that day. <laughs> oh, you let me know. Listen, I I am always looking for good filling hosts. If you've got, if you're out here, you got nothing to do. Let me know. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. Thanks, George. You we got it, guys. Thanks for George Sedano joining us here in studio. He's going to be doing his radio show from one of our booths here coming up in a couple of minutes in Los Angeles. You'll also see him tomorrow on ESPN, the NBA sideline reporter. He'll be working with Dave Pash and crew for tomorrow's ESPN. 
call of the Suns and the Warriors. Speaking of the Suns, when we come back, we are once again asking the question, can we please get some help for Devin Booker? That's next. Burns and Gambo.